enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast. Your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. This is the Temple of Geek Talkcast, episode 26, all about the Ant-Man. I'm your host, Daniel, and on this episode, we are going to be discussing the movie Ant-Man and our thoughts on the film. Joining me from the Temple of Geek are Paul, Laura, Vincent, and Stacy. Welcome all. Yeah. So, Ant-Man came out last Friday, mm-hmm. and some of us seen it once, some of us seen it about seven times. <laughs> I just want to kind of briefly just... No, I've only seen it once. <laughs> Twice. So I just wanted to kind of just kind of go over the film. What, what were y'all's thoughts on the 12th Marvel Studios film? 12th or 13th? This is the 12th. Oh, okay. Regardless, yes, it was, it was, <laughs> it had Edgar Wright all over it. I loved it. So you actually felt that this was still an Edgar Wright film? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just the, the comedic value, the theme to it. Yeah, it was all Edgar Wright. I'd love to see, you know, what the actual differences were, where Adam McKay came in and changed it and, or, or where, Edgar Wright wanted to take it and where their creative differences lie. But, uh, yeah, you, I think you could tell, um, tell the difference and see, see Edgar Wright's stamp on this movie. Yeah, totally. Now, the, the creative differences, I believe, weren't they related to the whole tying it into the, uh, the MCU? Universe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I wonder, I thought that. For the first time, I, I think in a while, maybe since the first Iron Man, that uh, you got to watch a, a Marvel movie that you didn't have to see any of the other movies to really, truly enjoy it. I think as a standalone movie, it's it's the best one in a while. Um, I would say next to, well, and I, I think, Daniel, we, we kind of said this in chat earlier this week, this is probably my number three favorite Marvel movie so far. So this is number yeah. three on my list. I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, Guardians, Civil War, or I keep saying Civil War, <laughs> Guardians. Because you've already uh, seen it, right? Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm has, like already there, already man. has a copy. <laughs> but Guardians, Winter Soldier, and this movie are definitely my top three favorite uh, Marvel films. Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. Easily, it's the most accessible. I guess that's what I was really trying to get at. It's the most accessible. You could just come in and watch this movie, enjoy it for what it is. If Ant-Man wasn't a part of the Marvel Universe, I think you could still go in there and really enjoy it. Don't even have to be a science fiction fan, you know? Uh, that's, that's actually a pretty good way to describe it, because, I mean, even they even kind of did their own way of retelling kind of the history of Ant-Man to where you didn't have to know a bunch of backstory on it, and you kind of still felt like you understood what was going on. I and you could that they tr- did that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought that you could, you could uh, if you if you had seen it, uh, again, and I think that if, if you've seen everything from Agent Carter to uh, Daredevil, to if you've if you've watched everything so far in the Marvel Universe, this may have been the most Easter egg filled movie. Um, yes, today I, I think that. It, and, but if you hadn't seen all that stuff, it would just pass right over, and you could still really truly enjoy it. I mean, from from the get go. And can I just say this too, Michael Douglas? Uh, was they did an impeccable job of making him look young. I don't know how they did that, but that was that was golden. That was I that was awesome. Yeah. Well, you see you see back when they were filming Romance in the Stone, they knew they were going to make this movie. <laughs> they had filmed this scene. Yeah. So they they filmed this scene back then. I believed it. I believed he was that young. It was it was awesome. 
Yeah, it was a much better job than what they did um, in Tron. I mean, I thought that was a great job, but this just blew that away. I was away. just going to bring that up, because this is like the third movie in X amount of years, probably, what, ten at least, where, remember the same thing in um, uh, X-Men 3, where we saw like a younger-looking Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in that one scene? Well, that was just a really bad makeup job. Like, yes. yeah. yeah, it looked like they and were that, just sanded down. You know? They but did that. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Tron, and now this one. Yeah, that was really great. Well, well let, let's not forget Terminator with the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger throwback. It's okay to forget it. Well, I think what helped making him look younger was the fact that they made everyone else, they aged them so well. So it didn't, like, you weren't, like, your eyes weren't just drawn to how young he looks. You were like, wow, like, Agent Carter is freaking old looking, but still hot. And, like, it was crazy. True. I was like, oh, my True God. Story. Now, did anyone else appreciate the fact that they brought back the original actor that played Howard Stark? I loved okay. it. Lo- I loved it. And I, t- does anybody have a feeling like this was a scene intended to be in Ultron? No. I do. No, I, I have no. a feeling this not like a, <clears throat> like a like a Easter egg kind of thing. Maybe like I, I, not an Easter egg, but like I, I think this was supposed to be quote unquote the after credit. Attached to Ultron, because, you know, no, normally what they do per Marvel movie, they proceed into the next one because they did it with this one at the end. Yeah. But they didn't do that in Ultron, like, per, you know, show a clip for their next movie. And I have a feeling this was like a clip intended to be in Ultron because it was going to be the next Marvel movie. And they didn't include it. They just left it in the beginning of this one. Well, maybe because it was just such a important part to this movie. I think if that hadn't been in this, they... They would have had to somehow add something to explain it. Probably true. It did really set the groundwork for the rest of the movie because you got to see Howard Stark and, and his involvement and kind of that animosity and, and maybe distrust between him and Hank Pym. You got to see Agent Carter kind of in disbelief that they were kind of lying to Hank Pym. And then you got to see, um, and I don't remember his name. I know he's in the, in the comic books. Um, but that other defense guy, uh, you know, and how they all interact. Yeah, just get, how's your face? Yeah. (laughs) Well, let me ask you all this. Um, Prior to Age of Ultron coming out, prior to Ant-Man, of course, we were talking about our thoughts on the creation of Ultron and what our thoughts would be about how how Ultron would probably tie into Ant-Man and stuff. After seeing these two movies, are you glad that they just went ahead and just left that alone, left it the way that, you know, Ultron was created by Tony and, no. um, and, nope. and Hulk. And so you, <laughs> so you still wish it was created? Yes. Yep. I disagree, but I, I definitely can see it going either way. I think it's good. Well, go ahead, Paul. You go ahead and see. Go ahead, Vince. Well, Vince, Vince, you, you, you more because you, well, yeah, let's, let's hear why. Because I feel like <clears throat> it, it, it goes back to Ultron being Hank Pym's baby. Like every, every a lot of people who read the comics and, and whatnot, they know that Ultron was created by Hank Pym, and I, I just feel like it took so much away from his actual backstory and his character in this movie because they gave all of that to Tony Stark. I, I just I, I feel like they pretty much robbed Hank Pym of that. Now, <laughs> after watching this movie, I think. I, I, I think one of the reasons why I, why they decided to go that route was because they wanted to concentrate on Scott Lang. They, I felt like after watching this movie that they don't really want to push Hank Pym as Ant Man anymore. To that, me, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I honestly I, I, agree with that. 
So I think that's why they went ahead and made it Tony's baby and not Hank Pym's, because they didn't want to give Hank Pym any more any more uh, backstory than what they had to. I think, I, and that's what I truly believe after finally seeing Ant Man. Because if you want, if you think Demon in a Bottle is a bad, I mean, a, you know, put Tony in a bad light, beating the you know beating the mess out of uh, Wasp, <laughs> Janet, yeah, is, would would have been probably a bad way to go too. And I know, was, but it is almost it what he's happened known once, for. and it wasn't even supposed to happen. Like I, the, I know, like the original writer intended. I think it just it is almost what he's known for, as much as creating Ultron, is that he it was is. a woman I, I, beater. With that, yeah, but. he is the strong right hand of the Marvel. Well, see, see, check it out. See, like my 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 opinion on that would be like we were talking about this when the Ultron movie came out. Like when we were looking at the trailers, Ultron looked like this menacing you know, demon robot. And when the, when the movie came out, he was more of a, a comical type of robot. Again, because it was based off of this time, it was based off of, um, Tony, Tony Stark's Tony Stark, uh, Stark, pers- yeah. personality. So I, I think if it was, if they did credit the, uh, character back to Hank Pym, I think we would have got that menacing robot that we saw in the trailers and eventually in the movie. And it would have kind of shown like the, the, the the level the high level of intellect that Hank Pym is not just for the the particle, but for other values as well. Well, let's 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 talk about comedy for a little bit. What what are y'all's thoughts on Paul Rudd becoming an action hero? I like that they did that. They took somebody who could be any fan watching the show, watching the movie, and put him into that position. Like people can relate to that character. I I love that they did him. Plus, he's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I think it goes back to the whole Chris Pratt formula. You know, like people who watch Parks and Recreation, they they don't see this guy becoming an action star. Like the same thing with Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean, Paul Rudd was in uh, Parks and Recreation as well, and he played a bumbling idiot. But like, you, you see him in this movie, and it, it fits for some reason. It does. I think part of also, you know, I think what they've captured from Hank Pym that they kind of put in, and again, I don't know Scott Lang in the comic as well as I did Pym, but one of the things I think they got is there was a lot of sarcasm, like biting sarcasm from Hank Pym. I mean, that was kind of another hit of his M.O.s was he was that dark sarcasm. He's like, you know, he'd have a snide comment here and there, uh, you know, kind of went against the grain of everybody. And I think this character of Scott Lang with Paul Rudd can do that with a comedic touch. You know, he'll go against the grain because I think what you're going to see as this continues to unfold is you're going to see Paul or Scott Lang not agree with everything that Tony wants to do and maybe be that that antithesis sarcasm to what uh, Robert Downey Jr. brings. So anyway, that's what I think. I mean, I, I really like how, the, how this movie focused on the Scott Lang story. I don't... The only thing that really, like, I, I have a complaint about is... In the comics, the whole reason why Scott Lang does this is because his daughter... Is uh, sick. Right, is sick. And he has to steal the Ant-Man suit to to get this doctor uh, back from, from Cross, from the also the bad guy in the movie. But they totally screwed up his backstory as well, and actually his whole origin. Um, <laughs> I, I'm serious, like, Darren yeah, really Cross is supposed to be... Yeah, well, I mean, like, he's supposed to become, like, some superhuman supervillain 
uh, in the comic books, but like they pretty much kept him regular, and they turned him into Yellow Jacket, who is also another persona of Hank Oops. Pym. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. and <clears throat> I mean, like pretty much th- this whole movie, uh, as far as like staying close to the source material, is pretty much just names and like their <laughs> their ties to like the Marvel universe. That, well, that's pretty much it. a lot of it is completely changed. Well, if you're looking at it as Yellow Jacket was Hank Pym, like he was Hank Pym looked at it as you know that cross guy was an extension of him. He saw too much of him in him, yeah. so maybe that was like his alter ego kind of. You know, I mean, if you're reading into it. Yeah, him going bad, breaking bad, breaking bad. <laughs> so speaking of Dar- uh, Darren Cross, what what did y'all think of the character? The, the villain. Do you think they rushed the villain too much, kind of like they did with uh, Obadiah in the first Iron Man movie, or do you think it was probably the perfect villain for this introduction? This, I think, this movie felt very much like Iron Man, and I think I've said this before in like a previous episode, but it, it kind of follows the same formula that Iron Man had. You know, I create the suit, you can't have it. I'm going to create the suit like yours and then we're going to fight and you know I would say that the, the last fight here was much better than oh, Iron Monger than Iron Monger yeah. brutal hilarious but while we're on that what did y'all think of the special effects the shrinking down the the fight scenes where the trains you know it made it look all epic when they were up close but then when it was panned away it just a little toy falling off the shelf I loved what, that I loved how intense like, it was I mean, it was just an amazing... I felt it was an amazing effect that they pulled off. I really love the messed-up-looking dog. That was yeah. my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, Thomas the effects the were great. Thomas the Train kind of stole the show towards the end. That was awesome. <laughs> Those eyes on it were creepy. <laughs> no, I love the effects. I thought they did really well. I mean, it's come a long way from, like, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from the... Nineties <laughs> to to now. I mean, although it did feel very reminiscent of that with the giant N at the end. Yeah, all I could think of was like, oh, honey, I shrunk the kid. I'm gonna see Rick Moranis <laughs> pop out with his with his with his like spectacles or goggles or whatever it was that he wears. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you see a a potential franchise forming here, or do you think this was just gonna be a one and done movie, and now he's just gonna be kind of like the Hulk? He's just gonna be in other people's movies. No, they already panned it in the very, very last, the uh, second credit scene. Well, okay, because remember, Slay, we, we did kind of have a conversation about this with Thor, because at the end of Thor 1, it said, what did it say? It said, Thor will return. What did, what did it say? In, it, Thor will return uh, in the Avengers. In the Avengers. Yeah. And then the second one, it said, Thor will, Thor return. will return. And at the end scene, it was Thor returning back to Earth from Asgard. So I don't know. I mean, if, if you read, if you read too much into it, I don't know. Maybe he might have a spin or a sequel, or you know, he'll inevitably show up. And I, th- I think they're doing the whole. This character will return and not say in what yeah, because we'll like, well, they, they don't quite know war, didn't they? No, they just said Ant Man will return. No, no, no. But, but Vince don't... is talking about that Ant Man will oh, yeah. be in. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah, he will be in Civil War, yeah. but what I'm saying is, is I think when they're making these films and they're creating these credits and things, they don't know what 
this character might, what they might later decide to throw him in. So they don't want to just say he's going to appear in Avengers and then they decide later, well, maybe we should put him in Spider-Man. Which is, I'm glad you brought this up. Maybe I might be jumping the gun here, but Janet, mm-hmm. uh, did anybody notice like the picture has her face obscured? Now, do we think that it's because they, they don't know, like maybe they're going to include Janet in like some kind of flashbacks for maybe another movie and they just didn't know what actress they were going to use? Well, they already said that, that she's she's going to appear in a Marvel movie soon. They just don't know which Marvel movie. And well, Michael Douglas actress? is actually... It, huh? No, or, the, the Wasp. The Wasp was supposed to No, 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 or, that's what I'm saying, or which actress? What do you mean? Like, who, who like, should be going to play? Yeah. Oh, no, well, Michael Douglas is trying to get Catherine Zeta-Jones. See, his, dude, I, his, his I, I, was, I was thinking that. I was like, what and, if... They, and you know what's funny? Uh... Oh, I totally forgot what her name was. Who who plays Hope in the movie? Evangeline, uh, Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. Yeah, she looks like a young Catherine Zeta Jones. Agreed. She could so, totally pass the black hair and everything. Yeah. So I can I can see Catherine Zeta Jones being yeah. Janet. In- and honestly, I thought the the end the at the end credit scene was going to be that. Like, I did too. I like a flashback. I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna see who Janet was, and it's gonna be Catherine Zeta watch and it wasn't but it's yeah, okay yeah. I, I it think was that, still a good one uh, well, both of them were I thought both those uh, credit scenes were good okay. I, I did too so let's let's talk about that for a little bit let's talk about the end credit scenes spoiler first, first <laughs> one spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> so first one was uh, Hank Pym and Hope and he presented her with a gift mm-hmm. uh, the wasp suit <laughs> yes. Well, I was trying to be all dramatic about it, but yeah, the wasp suit. Uh, so yes, he he presented her with the new wasp suit and said that you know he wanted her to help him finish the suit out. This was a prototype that him and his wife was working on, and that they're going to pass it on to her. The suit looked pretty reminiscent of, I thought, the Ultimates comic books. Did it not to you all? Uh, color, yeah. You think just in color? Yeah. Did she wear? I guess she had to wear a, a mask or a helmet in the Ultimates. Did she? Yeah, I think the. Yeah, I think in the original Marvel comic books, I don't remember her wearing a mask. She, she didn't wore, in like, the original. Yeah, I don't even think she had goggles. I think she was just. And I thought she was always tiny. Like I don't even remember her uh, not being shrunk most of the time. Who wasp? Yeah. Oh yeah, she can. She can be big. I know she could, but I mean, it just felt like every time I ever saw her in the comics, because I think she was in like West Coast Avengers a lot too. Um. That she was she was only big when uh, Hank was you know showing her her pim hand pim <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 get it pim hand boom oh, sorry we'll be here all drop week. the mic I'm, right. drop the mic I'm done no insert, I thought that insert um, cricket noise you know the <laughs> that was pretty good uh, the um, I thought her line was kind of poignant too because I couldn't tell if it was a jab at the fact that there hasn't been like this mainstream female hero yet i mean maybe that because people have been clamoring for it and wanting black widow to have her own movie i don't know i just kind of got that vibe that they were that was a jab back at everybody saying hey you know finally we've got another you know female superhero but when she was like about time Mm -hmm. about damn time i think it was more i think it was more or less the fact that they're finally like you know bringing the wasp to life because you know ant-man and the wasp were Part of the original Avengers team. Yeah. So 
and, and you're, I, I think Stacy, I, I think you both are right. I think it might have been a jab, kind of like uh, when, um, oh, Don Cheadle was cast as uh, Rhodey, and that mm-hmm. line when he first comes to that press conference. And that line, John Favreau did say that that was an actual jab to the fans that were like me, that were complaining about continuity, that when he says, he goes, I'm here, it's me, deal with it. And it was just a jab to the fans saying, like, yeah, basically <laughs> that. I'm, 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 I'm the new roadie, deal with it. Um, I yeah. like him better, to be honest. But <laughs> I just, yeah, I I just like continuity. I do like him better. I just like continuity. If it can oh, be... Yeah. If it can be avoided. just like I like Ruffalo better. I mean, he's a much better Hulk. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he did come around. Yes. <laughs> so the second the second cut scene um, or the second end credit scene is where we actually things get a little bit more interesting. They're starting to introduce the next film, which is the Captain America Civil War, the one that I apparently have already seen. <laughs> um, you have this movie uh, or this end credit scene shows. Captain America, Falcon, and a now-recovered Bucky who was attached or contained by some sort of machine. Uh, well, it, it looks like just like an English press or, or press or something. Yeah, he was he was trapped is what it looked like, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think he was trapped. I think he was just trying to get it off. He looked in distress. Yeah. Like, he, he looked like he was trying to just, you know, put it on a vice, which is what it was, and just, like, kind of pull that thing off. Well, I wonder if that's how they got him to finally snap out of it, you know? Because when, if he's out of cryo for too long, then, like, his mind starts, you know, he started remembering things from Winter Soldier. Maybe they somehow got him in that vice until he snapped out of it, and then they're like, okay. We need that's him. what I was thinking, too. Yeah. And now they need somebody yeah. tiny to go in and open it. Exactly. Or, you <laughs> know, know, somebody that can fix it. I know a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I, yeah. I did, too. Especially because, Man. like, it tied it into when Luis was like, hey, like, I was at the art show in my butt. <laughs> God, like, he was great. Yeah. That was so funny. Which they that, dropped that the name. Was... They dropped the name on another guy. Yeah, they that's did. That's coming. Yeah. Maybe two, actually. Ooh, but for well, sure. But they didn't drop any names. They dropped hints. Yeah. Do you like people who can climb walls? Yeah. Or Swing. Swing. Well, because yeah. she, she named it like there was three. She was like, we got a guy that can jump, a guy that can crawl, and a guy that can swing, or crawl up walls, and a guy that can swing. Yeah. Or was that all the same guy? I think it could be the same guy, you know. I mean, uh, it's definitely Spider-Man. It's, it's Spider-Man, and I think that, you know, because he's, he's from what I've heard, and I heard that they leaked maybe a, a partial picture of his of Spider-Man's costume on Twitter today. What? I didn't get a chance to look. Yeah, I didn't get a yeah. chance to look at it. But because he's supposedly in Civil War, that there's an excellent chance that that uh, there's a glimpse of his suit already out there. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I have I have a kind of like a little theory about Civil the War. Like, oh. Well, no, it, it's in ties with Ant Man as well, because like in the Ant Man movie, he, he you, you saw those two little uh, like medallion things that he can put in his buckle. And he can yeah. either shrink or grow. And in Civil War, Giant oh, Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, who's a, like a totally different character, but the same kind of premise as Ant-Man. Yeah. Uh, Goliath plays uh, an integral part in Civil War. Um, like Slade, I don't know if you remember that part in the comic. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Goliath's part. G- uh, Goliath died. G- Goliath got killed by the, uh, the, fake, the fake Thor. Thor. Okay. So I don't know if maybe 
that's going to happen, you know, because he can grow now. Yeah. He's just shrinking. So we'll see. Well, well, remember, he doesn't remember what happened when he was in that microverse, or, or so he says. I was says. just going to say, or so he says. What happened. Speaking of that, though, that was that's a theory that I've seen also, because the subatomic quantum realm oh, the micro- ties it, that ties into um, Doctor Strange. Oh. And there, from what I, I saw some, you know, hypotheses online where they were talking about maybe... Not the Beyonder, um, but two of the Eternals are were in that realm, that male and female version of the Eternals. Hmm. Um, I, I cannot remember their name. I should have done more research today. What's that? I didn't think about that, honestly. I, I knew about the ties to Doctor Strange, but I didn't think about the the, the two Eternals in the sub-realm. Yeah, in the sub-realm. And um, from what I... Kevin Feige has said something about the fact that that was not an accident either, that sending them into the quantum realm and that that's kind of that, um, that's going to be that tie into another, not, you know, we have the science or the uh, space realm now that we've kind of tied things to with Thanos and the Guardians. Well, there's that spiritual realm now that they're trying to tie to so that we can, you know, bring it all full circle, really. So I think that was a tie into what we're going to see in, in uh, Doctor Strange. You know, Stacey, I'm glad you brought that up because I correct me if I'm wrong. Did I did I not read right with Kevin Feige when he said starting with the Ultron movie, we were never we're not going to get any more end credits. We'll get after credits, but no more end credits because he said, well, because people you know are tired of waiting to the end of the movie for this, and then, and then yeah, let's put this out there. Well, it's because everybody was complaining about what? Why that there was no end credit scene? Oh, yeah. So let's have an end credit scene. I mean. They listen to the fans, well, and they're going to do what the well, fans no, want. No, I, I mean, I don't care either way. I mean, because, yeah, I'll, I'll stay to the end anyway. But I, I, I yeah, just thought I, it was... I mean, I, I don't know if you retracted the statement. I just missed it, or... That, that's the crazy thing about the fans. I mean, they, they complained about Mandarin, so let's go back and correct it. We're going to go ahead and fix it. Mandarin now exists in the Marvel Universe, and we're going to go ahead and kill Slattery. I mean, it's just... That's just how Marvel is. They're going to make the fans happy. Here it comes. Here, what comes? <laughs> the jab to... The other. <laughs> I wasn't even going to mention the okay, other. Okay, all right, all right. The other does suck, but I mean... <laughs> Wait, but no I missed something. Jeff. What? What? What's going on? So, what are y'all's th- final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to add about the movie? I loved it. I, I want to see it a third time. People should go see it. It's uh, They're missing out if they don't. Agreed. I love it. And stay till the very end after the credits. Because, like, in the theater I was in, everybody got up after the first credit scene, and I was like, nope, I'm sitting here. Totally worth it. Yeah, that's what happened in our showing as well. Everybody just got up and left. I was like, uh, I'm saying. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Freaking love the MCU. Freaking love them. Can, uh, I know this is this is vaguely related. Before we get out of here, though, I just want to see, do you guys think, with the way that they're going, there has to be a motivation for the Infinity Gauntlet. And with going into the cosmic realm, do you think that death is going to play a part in this? Yeah, I mean, just because of the whole to court him or whatever, he's to court death. I mean, I forgot what, what what the saying was in that one movie. So, yeah, I mean, I really think that was a reference to the actual character, not to the Act. the verb of dying. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So. I think that's, that's going to, man, I mean, that'd be so, that is going to be so awesome. Uh, I think he's going to show up first in uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. When does that you come out, so? by the way? Is that next year? Yeah, all right. Uh, 2042. Oh, well, I'll be dead. 
<laughs> I'll be dead. I'll be some atomic by then. Aww. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. I want to thank my guests for joining me on this week's episode. Stay tuned to thetempleofgeek.com for the next all-new episode. And as always, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit thetempleofgeek.com, your one-stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.